This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 15, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. New trade deficit numbers have given the presidential candidates the hook to sound off about America's place in the global economy. According to Dan Griswold, director of trade policy studies at the Cato Institute, the candidates' rhetoric is showing either a sharp display of ignorance or political opportunism. Trade deficit's a much-discussed and much-misunderstood figure. Funny, it it isn't primarily driven by trade policy. It's driven by investment flows. You know, when you talk about the global economy, there's really two huge markets out there. There's the market for goods and services. We're trading wheat and computers and tourism and those sorts of things. And then there's the market for assets. Talking treasury bonds, stocks, real estate. And those two markets overlap. Uh, You know, when we go out and buy a $50,000 Japanese car, they want something of value in return. We can give them soybeans or uh, other things, other goods and services, or we can give them an asset. They can buy an asset with it, which in which case, heaven forbid, we have a trade deficit, but we also have a surplus of capital flowing into the United States. So the way to look at the roughly $700 billion trade deficit that we have is that we have a $700 billion surplus in foreign capital coming into the United States being invested uh, in in the U.S. economy. So this helps understand why we have the trade deficit. It has almost nothing to do with uh, unfair trade uh, and and these sorts of charges. It's all about uh, national levels of savings and investment. One of the chief criticisms I've heard many, many times about trade deficits is that they leave the United States in a weakened position with regard to its own uh, manufacturing, its own wealth creation in terms of hard goods. Uh, it, it leaves the United States, the argument goes, somehow more helpless. That's based on a fundamental misunderstanding of the benefits of trade. You know, trade isn't just about exporting as much as you can and grudgingly accepting imports. Imports make our lives better every day. First as consumers, every time you go shopping, there's more choice, prices are lower, and when we're all concerned about rising prices for energy and food, uh, trade competition is one of the good things going for consumers. But also, let's not forget that U.S. businesses are importers as well. Uh, In fact, more than half of what we import are imported by businesses. Raw materials, uh, capital machinery, intermediate inputs. So when we look at those import figures, a lot of it's driven by the demand of U.S. businesses. And they turn around and make those imports uh, a part of their final products, which allows them to be more competitive in global markets. We've looked at the evidence uh, lots of different ways here at the Center for Trade Policy Studies. And there is no evidence that uh, imports or trade deficits are bad for the U.S. economy or even bad for U.S. manufacturing. The real story in manufacturing is we're manufacturing more stuff uh, than, than ever before. We're just doing it with fewer workers because they're so much more productive. Given the way that uh, Barack Obama and John McCain have uh, talked about these uh, numbers with regard to the balance of trade in the United States with the rest of the world, you know, what can be taken from that? It's, it, it seems as if they both have some misunderstanding. They both share a common misunderstanding about the issue. 
Yeah, in in different ways, uh, I I agree. Uh, But I think Barack Obama's uh, criticism of the trade deficit either shows opportunism or a a misunderstanding of of trade. And and I think John McCain seems to show a a deeper understanding of of these issues. The criticism is that it's somehow a scorecard failure of of U.S. trade policy, when in fact, uh, one, it tells us very little about U.S. trade policy, and it really tells us about the lack of savings in the United States. If we saved more as households and the government, let's not forget our federal government is borrowing half a trillion dollars a year now that eats into domestic savings and increases the demand for foreign savings to come in here and help us offset. And by the way, if foreigners weren't investing in the U.S. economy, studies show our long-term interest rates would be about a percentage point higher. Uh, Homeowners would be paying, oh, $1,500, $2,000 more a year on a typical home if we didn't have that foreign investment coming into the United States. The final irony about the criticism of the current trade deficit, and a lot of that criticism comes from Democrats, If you go back to the 1990s when Bill Clinton was president, the trade deficit was exploding. Uh, Early in Clinton's term, it was about $70 billion. By the time he left office, it was $380 billion. As a share of GDP, it was roughly comparable to what it is today. What was driving those rising trade deficits in the late 1990s? Uh, It was increased in domestic investment. Uh, attracting foreign investment to the United States. It was robust consumer and business demand for for imports. And funny enough, uh, today, while everybody's complaining about the economy, and we do have some real problems, the trade deficit's been shrinking. So right there, in a just a uh, look-and-see kind of way, you can tell there's no connection between the trade deficit and the overall health of the economy. And if there is a connection... The trade deficit tends to expand when the economy is doing well. Dan Griswold is Director of Trade Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more about the irrelevance of trade deficits at Cato.org.